listening to Wake Up and Read the Labels, your guide to eating simple and feeling good. If you want to eat clean and feel your best, guess what? You're in the right place. Each week, we talk about ingredients that may be holding you back from feeling your best. We also talk to some brands that are going against the grain and actually using real ingredients we can recognize. Plus, we're sharing stories with people who are just like you, who actually woke up and read the labels. Welcome to Wake Up and Read the Labels podcast. Today, I'm going live with a breast cancer surgeon turned functional medicine doctor. She's the CEO of Real Health MD. Her name is Dr. Jen Simmons, and we're going to be diving into some questions that can help you probably take control of your health and also understand exactly what's happening with that scary word, cancer. So welcome, Dr. Jen. How are you? Thank you. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Always love to share time with you. Oh, well, you're so kind. Thank you. Likewise. I'm grateful that you're here and you're going to help people understand. So why don't you give me a little background about who you are and what you help people do? Yeah, absolutely. So there actually isn't a time when I didn't know about breast cancer. So in the 1970s and 1980s, there was a singer songwriter named Linda Creed. And Linda was the queen of Mountown Sound in Philadelphia. She wrote all the music for the spinners and the stylistics. She wrote 54 hits in all. And her most famous song was The Greatest Love of All. Now, Linda was all of those things and my first cousin. So I literally have a rock star of a first cousin. Like people use that term figuratively. My first cousin was literally a rock star and a hero. So The Greatest Love of All was originally written in 1977 as the title track to the movie The Greatest starring Muhammad Ali, but it really received its acclaim when Whitney Houston released it in March of 1986. And at that time, it would spend 14 weeks at the top of the charts Only Linda would never know that because she died of metastatic breast cancer just one month after Whitney released that song. So I'm 16 years old and my hero dies. And her life and ultimately her death gave birth to my life's purpose. So I do the only thing I know how to do in order to try to prevent women and families from having to endure the suffering that my family did. And I become a doctor, I become a surgeon, I become a breast cancer surgeon. I'm the first fellowship trained breast cancer surgeon in Philadelphia. And I do that for a really long time. And I'm pretty much like at the top of my field and doing really innovative things and think that I'm making a huge difference. And at the same time, I'm running the cancer program for my hospital and I'm a wife and a mother and a stepmother and a philanthropist and an athlete. And I have all these balls in the air thinking that I'm an expert juggler until one day they all come crashing down. And I am on the tennis court feeling like I'm having a heart attack. And I go to the emergency room. I spend the next three days getting this intensive workup. And I'm sitting in the office of my friend and colleague and physician. And he diagnoses me with Graves' disease and tells me that I need to have surgery to remove my thyroid, chemo radiation, and be on lifelong thyroid replacement hormone. 
And despite the fact that these are things that I recommended all day, every day to people, when the words were coming at me, it just didn't fit. So I have no idea why I pursued alternative methods. I mean, I was deeply steeped in traditional medicine. I'm a traditionally trained physician. I was running an NIH accredited cancer program and operating, no pun intended, by the standard of care all day, every day. So why, when I got my own diagnosis, it didn't resonate with me? I still don't know, but it led me on a journey and it led me to discover Mark Hyman and it led me to discover functional medicine. And once that bell was rung, I couldn't unring it. Because the truth is that traditional medicine is focused on symptoms and on masking symptoms. And it ignores, summarily ignores why the symptoms are there. So nowhere in cancer treatment are people thinking about why the cancer developed. Even if people ask, because they do, the answer from their physician is, this is just something that happens. And they say that for two reasons. First of all, they've never thought about it themselves. So they literally don't know how to answer that question. And the second is that they want to remove the blame from the patient. And this is something that comes up again and again and again. And Certainly, this is not about blame or shame. It's about empowerment because people need to know that there is so much more that they can do for themselves. And at the end of the day, cancer is a preventable disease for the vast majority of people. At least 80% of cancers are preventable through diet and lifestyle measures. It's just the bottom line. We are living in an ever increasingly more toxic world. You know more about that than anyone. And it is having very ill effects on our health. And so what happens, our biggest exposure to the outside world is through what we eat and drink. I mean, that's the bottom line is that that's where we encounter the most toxins. And I'm not saying that other things aren't toxic because certainly they are, and certainly they can have an effect on you. But our biggest exposure to the outside world is through what we eat and drink. We think of our gut as an internal organ, but it's not. It may be inside of us, but it's coming into direct contact with the outside world through food and drink. And one of the main problems that we have in understanding and connecting the link between food and cancer is that most foods don't kill you quickly enough. Mm. And that's the problem. Absolutely. The timeline is so long that people cannot connect it. Mm -hmm. It's true. And even, I mean, I think that's why people gain so much weight as well, because you don't gain a hundred pounds overnight. You know, Mm -hmm. if you eat bad, I mean, you might gain three pounds a month. And so it's just a little bit, but after a whole year, now you're looking at 20 to 30 pounds. And so same thing. I love what you're saying that our gut does have the biggest impact on our health. 
And so the light that I like to shed is I'm bringing awareness to, hey, what's in your food, right? We have, I think for so long, the food industry, the media, even doctors, they harp on your calories in, calories out, your fat, your sodium, your carbohydrates. But what's really missing in the consumer education space on food and your health is the alarming amount of additives and preservatives in artificial sweeteners, inflammatory oils, flowers, all these things that actually are combating your health and also causing a lot of these chronic diseases. In your case, we're going to talk about cancer. So I'm under the impression, and tell me if this is right or wrong, does everyone make cancer cells? Everyone makes cancer cells. So from young to old and everyone in between, when we replace ourselves, we're going to make replication errors, right? We are not perfect. No one is perfect. So everyone makes cancer cells, but an intact immune system should recognize those cancer cells and destroy them. Now, there are so many disruptors to the immune system So what happens is that over time, think about working overtime, right? So if you work overtime one night, you probably do a good job, right? Two nights, probably still doing a good job. By the third night, you're tired, Mm -hmm. right? You're not going to work efficiently and you're probably not going to get all the work done. So this same exact thing is happening with our immune system. We are so bombarded by toxins one of which is constant feeding because your immune system is charged with checking out if it is food or if it is some foreign substance that you're taking in. And 70 to 80% of our immune system is in fact housed in our gut. So if you're a grazer, you automatically are going to have an immune system that is tired because you're constantly asking that immune system to work. But over time, when our immune system is doing all of these other things, fighting chronic illness, grazing, coming into contact with mold or any environmental toxin, when it happens over time, that immune system gets weak and tired. And so those same cancer cells, which might have been recognized by an intact immune system, now fly under the radar. And cancer is a normal response to an abnormal environment. So we all have a maximum ability to clear toxins. So once you hit that toxic level, your chemistry changes. Mm -hmm. And so suddenly your breast cells, which were before safe, are now swimming in toxic soup. They're very sensitive. So they're more apt to make these mistakes, these DNA mistakes, these replication errors. And in that same person that is at their toxic load or has some kind of thing that lowers their immunity, maybe they're fighting off something, maybe they're going through a divorce, a move, had a death in the family, like something else is taxing their immune system. And all of a sudden you have a recipe for cancer. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that's what's happening. That's the bad news. The good news is that there's so much of that that we can control. Yeah. And even if you already developed cancer, having an awareness around how to be healthy 
and how to promote your health. Well, many, most of my patients are in the best health of their lives after cancer mm-hmm. because they learn how to get healthy, right? which is something that is not taught. Yeah. And it is not a priority in our system because we don't have a healthcare system. We have a sick care system. Absolutely. And the only way to get into the system is to get sick. It's true. And no one anywhere in the system is teaching people how to be healthy. Yeah. You get diagnosed with cancer. Okay. Here are your treatment options, right? You treat it, you get chemotherapy, you get a mastectomy, and then you're gone and they don't talk to you anymore. Yeah. We deal with mostly women and tons of them do come in when they have been diagnosed with a cancer because- There's this quote that I read once and it says, you know, you spend your whole life working to build wealth, but then once you get sick, you spend your entire wealth trying to get healthy, Mm -hmm. right? And so often that is when people, like I heard you mention when people get diagnosed with cancer, that's afterwards, it's the most healthy they ever been. It's like all of a sudden they have this reality check that like, Hey, look, you do actually have to take care of yourself. You have to understand what's going on now for a lot of people out there. They don't understand that food and health are actually connected. So here we are, you and I, Dr. Jen, we are bringing awareness that listen, it is connected and understanding that connectivity is very important. Now with those people who are diagnosed with cancer, let's dive into what could heal breast cancer or what should they be doing some action steps to take? Yeah. So it depends where you are along your breast cancer journey, right? So if you're actively in treatment, there are ways to approach health that are different than if you've completed treatment. And we should talk about the fact that the treatment of breast cancer has been in the news a lot lately, because all of the treatments, except for maybe surgery, but chemotherapy, radiation, all the hormone blockade, these all accelerate aging. They accelerate cardiovascular disease. They accelerate dementia, Alzheimer's, neurologic disease. They accelerate bone loss. And so we are temporarily solving one problem and trading it in for a far greater one. Because the truth is that the vast majority of women who get breast cancer don't die of breast cancer. They die of heart disease. And this is part and parcel because, first of all, the impetus, the stimulus for the breast cancer is never addressed. Certainly not in traditional treatment. It's never addressed at all. Mm -hmm. And then we go on and add to these people's toxic burden. We radiate them. We give them chemotherapy. We give them hormone blockade. And we literally add to their toxic burden and deplete their body of its own ability to heal. Right. This is a big problem. It's alarming. It's alarming. And the support that is given in cancer centers around the country is arguably irresponsible at best and is harmful in most cases. So let's take the concept of weight loss during treatment. Mm -hmm. So people are told by their medical oncologist, no matter what you do, don't lose weight during treatment, right? So what do these people do? They're encouraged to eat ice cream and pizza. 
right? They're encouraged to do whatever they can do, make sure you don't lose weight. So guess what happens? Most women with breast cancer who get chemotherapy end up gaining weight during treatment for breast cancer. This is highly, highly inflammatory Mm -hmm. and is only going towards further complicating their health. Most women, not all, most women who get a breast cancer diagnosis are overweight. Being overweight is highly correlated with breast cancer. Mm -hmm. So telling these women to not lose weight is the absolute wrong advice. Absolute wrong advice. So the first thing that I'll say is that if you have a cancer diagnosis, especially a breast cancer diagnosis, a colon cancer diagnosis, an ovarian cancer diagnosis, an endometrial cancer diagnosis, if you have one of these diagnoses and you are overweight, your very first priority should be to get to normal weight, should be to get to your ideal weight. That should be your very first priority because metabolic health is either the answer for or the driver of cancer. If you are able to get into metabolic health, that will help to reverse your disease. But if you're metabolically unhealthy, that is a huge driver for cancer. If your glucose is too high, your insulin is too high, you make too much insulin-like growth factor, and now you have the recipe for cancer growth. So getting your weight under control is like the primary order of business, no matter where you are in your journey. Okay. And the only way to do that is to be mindful about what, how, and when you eat. Mm -hmm. For those listening that may have been diagnosed with breast cancer and they are, you know, having a better diet and lifestyle and they're being quote unquote healthy now, what's some top three risk for reoccurrence? Yeah. So being metabolically unhealthy is the first risk. It's the primary risk. So that's why getting to your ideal weight is so very important. Mm -hmm. Then another major risk for reoccurrence is not having figured out why the breast cancer happens. So if you have some chronic inflammatory thing happening, then that needs to be addressed. So oftentimes these are environmental things like toxins, like chronic infections. And, you know, the places we look, we look for mold, we look for viruses. We look at dental work. So often people have had old dental work that is either decaying or has, you know, chronic low-lying infection there that is not obvious, but is inciting this kind of low-level chronic inflammation. So figuring out where your inflammation is coming from is very, very important in terms of healing, reversing cancer, and being healthy afterwards. And the last thing is that really looking at what is working for you in your life and what is not. So we all have stressors, right? The stress isn't going anywhere, but the stress itself is not meaningful. It's how we deal with the stress, the meaning that we give to the stress, the impact that we allow the stress to have on us. That's what's meaningful. So looking around at what's affecting you and for lack of a better term, like taking the trash out, 
getting rid of the relationships that are not working, getting rid of the toxins in your environment, and really being mindful about how you're treating yourself, how other people are treating you, and do everything you can to create the chemistry of joy. Because we all know what the chemistry of stress leads to. We all know what inflammation leads to. So it's getting out of that space. And the way to prevent recurrence is to build health. So everyone with cancer has a treatment program. Everyone with cancer should also have a health program. Absolutely. Breast cancer. You need a health plan. Yeah. I love that you said, I looked on your Instagram the other day and you said, breast cancer isn't a blessing. However, it's an opportunity for reconnection with loved ones, prioritization of your health, which we did dive into and discovering and defining a clear purpose. So for everybody listening, I know Dr. Jen, you have tons of knowledge on this topic and how can people get in touch with you? And also how can they get some more information about how you can help them? Yeah, absolutely. So my website is Real Health MD, okay. and there you can learn about our programs, learn about what we do. I have a course called My Answer to Breast Cancer, which basically gives everyone the foundation that they need to build their health. And if you are struggling to find your way and figure out what is right for you, let's get on a call and talk about how we could work together to get you the health plan that you need. So realhealthmd.com is my website. You can find everything there and follow me on social at Dr. Jen Simmons. I'm always putting stuff out there to help the consumer to really improve their health. Absolutely. This is such an important topic and we need to dive so much more into it. We have an app actually launching at the end of this month and I want to have discussion panel boards, one with a um, just general functional medicine doctor, but I think we absolutely need a cancer corner to talk to people about how to prevent it and also what to do if you've been diagnosed, how to avoid any reoccurrence and all your helpful tips. So thanks so much for joining Dr. Jin and know that we'll talk soon. Okay. Yep, absolutely. Thanks for having me. See ya. Thanks for listening to this episode of Wake Up and Read the Labels. If you like this episode, guess what? We want you to share it. We'd love that. Share it with a friend and leave us a review. You can subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or really wherever you're listening to your podcast. For more information, visit us at wakeupandreadthelabels.com. Thank you.